Hi, welcome to Movie Butts. Uh, this is a podcast where we do a bunch of math to determine the best and worst of a certain topic, whether it be an actor, a director, a studio. I keep saying studio, and I think this is the first time that we've actually done one. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we're doing we're doing A24, um, which are a like indie film distribution company. They generally do kind of more low-key films. Yeah, it seems to be... Um, I wouldn't say necessarily all intellectual films, but shit that these aren't movies that you, you go in with your brain turned off for. It's like, these are turn your brain on movies. Yeah. And, and even if they're not as successful at it as others, they still do turn your brain on in a, in a certain way. Mm. They don't, they don't forgive you for not paying attention. Mm. Would you say that? Um, so usually, um, I put a bunch of. Uh, critical information, Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, Metacritic into a spreadsheet, uh, box office and budget, and um, you know, do the uh, do the averages and the math to determine which is the best and worst. This time, I actually just put it up to a popular vote, um, which is a which is an interesting way of doing it. I uh, asked the A twenty four film group on Facebook to vote for the best and the worst. And um, there was a bit of controversy because apparently people didn't know what they were voting for um, and got a bit mad because they downvoted something they liked. So for a while, Uncut Gems was leading as the worst A24 film of 2019 until I had a, well, you know, like democracy. Um, I had a bunch of people complain and I corrected it. Um, I, I didn't actually do anything wrong. I just... Um, had to make sure people knew what they were voting for because apparently mm-hmm. some people mm-hmm. didn't read. It's just all part of the democratic process. Yeah, I, I thought that. I'm like, uh, I was going to leave it and be like, look, if you didn't read it, then that's your fault. But I I did, you know, make sure that the um, math was at least somewhat accurate. And um, it turns out that the worst is a movie called High Life and the best is The Lighthouse. Um, seeing as it's our formula, we should probably start with the best. Um, if we were to do math, Lighthouse would have been first or second anyway. Um, but the worst would have been a movie called Under the Silver Lake, which, um, would have been an interesting watch because it's, there's a lot to unpack in that film, but we watched High Life because you guys voted for High Life. Um, how would you describe The Lighthouse, Dane? Um, so it's set, when is it set? I don't know. Like nine. Yeah, whatever, dude. Like, before there was, like, a robot man in the lighthouse, there's, like, sailors and shit, and they say things like, yee. Um, so, Robert Pattinson plays a young man who uh, takes a job um, at an offshore lighthouse, um, and the, the, the boss there is... Uh, what's his name? Willem Dafoe? Willem Dafoe, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, Basically follows Robert Pattinson at the start, just kind of having a, um, a shitty job and a shitty time with a shitty boss. And he hates it, but he manages to get his way through it because he only has to be there for four weeks? Four weeks. Four weeks, yeah. But then just before he's about to be picked up um, and he's off, he's safely away from him, um, a huge storm hits and they get stuck on the island and it becomes a bit of a chaotic nightmare. 
Yeah, that's a, that's, I think that's probably the most literal way you can explain it. There's a bunch of different layers and stuff, but at the, at the baseline, it is about pretty much cabin fever between these two people stuck on an island together. Yeah. Um, what did you think of, um, Sorry, I just have to get a coaster because I'm ruining your table. Yeah, what did um, I think of The Lighthouse? What did you think of The Lighthouse? Uh, I loved it. After we finished watching it, I said to you, this is one of my favorite movies. And uh, I slept on it. And I still think that it's, um, yeah, one of, the, one of the best movies I've ever seen, I think. Uh, loved it. Pr pr flawless. Why do you think it was voted the best a24 film of 2019 um <clears throat> well i think everything like everything that it um it tries to do it it does if not perfectly at least really well and at on the surface it's a fairly simple movie but there's a lot of complex psychology happening a lot of um like effective representations of losing your mind. Mm. And so it ha it's really effective at making you feel like you are also losing your mind with them. Um, so yeah, I think like more than anything, it's just, it's, it's, it's so pulled off that it just feels like I don't, I don't like saying that something is objectively good because all these things are subjective, but you know. It's objectively well made. Yeah, if you think in terms of objectivity, then you, it's hard to argue that this is not just so, such an objectively well made movie that it's like, that's what I think. That's why I think it's one of the best I've seen. It's just like a, a perfectly executed vision. Again, it can come down to tastes and stuff with films like this. I, I know a lot of people I know would couldn't would not be able to watch this film would probably walk out halfway mm. but yeah like when it comes to objectively i can't see anything wrong with the writing um i can't see anything wrong with the acting the cinematography all of it works mm. and yeah it really does come down to interpretation as to whether or not you like or enjoy that kind of story yeah um for me um it's probably one of the most perfectly like I don't want to say, I hate the word mise-en-scene, but the mise-en-scene for that film, everything that was put in the frame was like so, like I, I don't think I'm intelligent enough to think of those sort of things on the fly. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, it's it shot in a, um, a vintage aspect ratio and it just helps with the atmosphere, you know? Yeah. Um, everything is working for this in this film's favor. It's not, there's some things that are, it is like you said. It's a very, it's relatively conventional in how it tells its story in terms of progression and stuff. But I think that's a good thing because it means that the other layers, the subtext and the character interactions, are what are keeping you interested. Not the fact that you're asking what's going on, what's going on here. You know, we're not we're not pulled through for a superficial reason we're pulled through because we want to know and because the story they're presenting is digestible enough yeah. do you know what i mean yeah um i it, it quite it reminded me have you ever seen the movie persona by ingmar bergman mm -hmm. um it's basically it kind of reminded me about that in terms of the relationship between these two people that are they're like 
They're very different, but they're also similar as well. Like, could you see Robert Pattinson becoming uh, Willem Dafoe's character later in life? It's personas about these two people that kind of merge. Like, they're on an island stuck together and they kind of start... Their relationship becomes bizarre. Mm. Um, And, like, there's little hints at that in the term... In in the fact that, like, I think at the end it's revealed that they're both named Tom. Do you know what I mean? And, like, shit like that is just... A subtle way of saying that they're, you know, there's a weird personal symbiosis between them two, and it, and again, it adds that extra layer of like, what is real, what's not real, yeah. what am I being told here? Yeah, you know. Yeah, and there's stuff that's like not so subtle, like him taking his pipe and holding the, the guy's pipe in the way he holds it. Yeah, and starts speaking a bit like him towards the end. He has that same obsessive romantic romantic view of the the light itself mm. um <clears throat> yeah and it the it, honestly it felt like kind of too smart for me because i was watching it and loving it and thinking like i'm gonna have a hard time describing exactly why i think this works so much because it's kind of fucking you know gone gone over my head and straight into my subconscious in a way where i'm like oh man i don't even know but that's, why this works so well. But that's how that's that is <clears throat> the cornerstone of a good film. My my favorite film director Robert Oldman said that when he watches a film, the ones that really stick with him, he doesn't know why, mm. except for that he knows it's good and it's right. Yeah. And this is one of those films that I, as soon as I watched it, I, I felt I was feeling it, mm. not breaking it down. I don't need an intellectual stew where I where a film makes me smart because I understand. Mm. I just want to be taken on a journey where I'm, 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 I feel things, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's surprisingly a really funny movie too. And I was laughing a lot at the like intentional humor, but then it's one of those films that I laugh. I was laughing because it was like, there were moments that were so well executed. Like Willem Dafoe has several monologues that he delivers brilliantly. And every time he did that, I just start laughing and like slapping my knee just because, not because of the the context of what was happening in the film, but because it's just like, bravo, that was sick. That was amazing. It just made me laugh with joy because I knew I was watching something outstanding. Sure. Uh, and, and like later on in the film, Robert Pattinson literally calls his behavior parody. Yeah. Right. And, and, and you're laughing at this and, and like, I, when I, when I laughed at certain bits, I felt weird that I was laughing. I'm like, I'm not, I shouldn't be laughing at this, but even when, but, but it is so absurd. It is so outlandish how that character is behaving and acting. It's just, you can't help but laugh, you know? Yeah. Um, and like, it does such a good job of making you feel like you are losing your mind to the point that it is kind of scary. Uh, the part where he's, uh, you know, the, the Willem Dafoe's character is sitting in the chair and then he's like, how long have we been here? <laughs> is it two days? Is it two weeks? And that hit me. I was like, oh, it gave me this really uneasy feeling because it's just like losing track of time. Perfectly represented when Robert Pattinson punches the clock and it's like, that's the only form of timekeeping that they have. And he just like destroys Throws it. it out the and window, I was yeah. like, no, because <laughs> I'm fucking getting so lost here. That made me feel really uneasy. It's, it's, it, it's, um, 
very easy to kind of accept that this film is doing things on multiple layers, you know, and I've watched this film a couple of times now. And firstly, I thought Robert Pattinson was just going mad mm. and he's projecting this thing on onto Willem Dafoe. Second time I watched it, I picked up on the fact that he is clearly gaslighting him as well. You know, he mentions things about his leg and, you know, you're full of shit and all these things. And you, you notice that the second time. Yeah. Well, I did at least. You probably noticed it the first and then the third time I started really deeping, digging down into like my understanding of psychology and things and how they it could be as simple. Have you heard of the ego, the super ego and the ID, all parts of you? And I kind of got that vibe from it as well, that they're all part of this same psyche mm. and they're pulling and pushing each other and... You know, it's 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 very clever, and it's any any and he the film doesn't need to commit to any of them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just like we're gonna we're gonna present you this this and this, mm. and because we are so good at execution, yeah, you're gonna take what you want from it. Yeah, I don't think I and 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 this is a this is a case where I think the director knows this. I don't think he has a definitive answer as to what it's about. No, it's... and Yeah, and, and none of these things are... He's not straining to force any of this in there. It all feels very effortlessly woven in yep. together. Um, like, it, it's an easy watch. I think I make it sound like it's some sort of really hardcore psychological thriller. Like, Uncut Gems is another anxious... Just real quick, just Uncut Gems is another movie... Uh, that it makes you feel really anxious and claustrophobic, but that is tense. I found that really tense to sit through. This, I found it like quite easy to watch, but I still had all the same feelings of, you know, fright and anxiety, but it was more like going through a, like a, a ghost house mm. in a little car. I'm like, Oh, this is fucked. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's, it's super well executed. It's not, again, that's the thing is like, because he's presenting you with a bunch of different things and the right kind of interpretation, you know, like, and that's the thing is like, you have movies like Inception, right? That everyone's arguing over what the film is about when it's quite simple what the film is about. Now, this is a film that could invite that conversation. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. It could invite people to argue what it's about, what's going on, but I haven't seen any of that. I've just heard people going, they've enjoyed it. They've loved this film. They've really liked watching it, mm -hmm. but there's been no need for people to go, well, this is what it's about. This is, this is what you need to get from the film. There's the spinning top on the table. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when it's, when it's ambiguous, it's fine for it to be left that way because it's supposed to be that way. Like when you decide, wait, what's really happening and what isn't. I mean, for me, by the time like he was calling him uh, a parody, mm. I was like, and then he even says it himself, uh, says to the younger guy, uh, he's like, are you even really here? And I was just like, I don't know if he's really like, yeah. I, are I you just know. walking through the woods like a crazy person? Yeah. And even, and then you stretch it the, the, the other way you take, you know, you have like the literal and the metaphorical aspects of it and they blend in together. You have no idea what's real, which I think is also assisted by the choice of, um, 
the the, the lens choice yeah. and and the uh, the aspect ratio as well it gives it this you know unreal feeling. Um, <clears throat> uh, but then there's like a there's a supernatural aspect to it, which not not literally, but it's like when he's um, smashing the seagull and then the wind changes. These are all things that can be put down to coincidence and how tall tales come about. Um, but it might be real or, or it might not be and you don't know. And that's when it's like things like the fucking him seeing the octopus, the, the, the mermaid and, and like the, the finding the head in the basket. I'm like, did any of that shit happen? I'm pretty sure there's not a mermaid or a giant squid, but the head I'm not sure and then you just go down the list of things i'm like i don't know what's real and i i, I don't know what is actually happening and that's but how even it's things supposed that are, to make you but feel. even things that are very literal are put into question like we see willem dafoe come up and like smash a boat with an axe hmm. and then he comes in and he's like you smashed the boat with the axe so <laughs> things that, that 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 are so literal hmm. in the film you even go wait did it happen? What's what's going on here? You know, and so it goes on both ends of the spectrum when it comes to a simple conversation that they had that Willem Dafoe denies. He's like, I think at one point he's like, "You said you were this," and he goes, "No, you must have misheard." Yeah, and then and then to him having sex with a fucking mermaid. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so it's it's so clever, and and it's and it's the good kind of not treating your audience like an idiot. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, it doesn't pull any punches and what I think is so impressive about it is it is a relatively obscure idea in this like current day and age and, uh, shot in a very different way. Mm, I mean, like, mm. uh, imagine pitching that idea. Like I'm going to shoot it on like film old lenses and th this aspect ratio in black and white yeah. yeah like and 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 that's just so unconventional these days and it's not just for the sake of doing it the like they use like you pointed out they use the fucking uh sides uh to to blend into what's actually happening yeah so for half the film it kind of does look like it's in widescreen because there's so much darkness surrounding them. Yeah, it it it's it's used to complement, you know. And like, if I were to shoot a movie in, uh, it's not four by three; it's like one one nine or whatever. To me, I I look at that and I think four by three, which is the. Mm. And if I were to use it, I I don't think I'd have the the delicate touch to use it appropriately. Mm. Where he's picked, I think even on the I was reading in the trivia, he even wrote on the cover of the script. This film must be shot in black and white and in this aspect ratio yeah. and in film. And that's like he wrote that on the cover of the script. Like th there is no way that it's not going to be this. Yeah. So he's had that in his brain from the beginning. It's such a clear vision mm. um, and nothing is in there. And anything that's in there isn't in there for just the sake of it. It all serves a purpose and all and everything complements everything else in the film. There's a there's a weird sense of displacement in this film. Uh, Robert Pattinson's in somewhere odd, right? It's an odd location that he's not used to, mm. right? And then the audience is also, as a result, in a displacement because 
psychology and fantasy are put into question. And then he shoots it with fucking 1915 lenses in black and white on old film. Mm. So what's just happening is, is we're just, where are, where are we? Yeah. Where is the audience as well when watching this film? And it's, it's, it's fucking beautiful, you know? Yeah. Oh, uh, shit. I'm, it, I'm just, yeah, I want to watch it again. I want to, I need to, we need to go and see, we need to go to the cinema and, you know, yeah, see it again. Yeah, yeah, you have to, you have to watch it and you have to watch it a bunch of times because uh, good movies are uncommon and great movies are rare. And then a movie like this is like just, just so fucking rare. That's like, you got to fucking check this shit out. And this isn't, this is something as well that it's like, if you want to be a filmmaker, here's one of the films that you study because this is clearly a dude who fucking knows what he's doing and is so meticulous in his craft mm. that it's really impressive. People have such a, um, I, I think people have such like a lateral thinking of how to make a film these days and, and a lot of these ingredients in a, in a different film would be pretentious. Mm. But but I but we both everyone who's seen this film knows why he made these decisions. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, you see a student. I can't tell tell you how many student films I've seen that were shot in black and white. And I ask myself, why? Yeah. So what was your just like? Oh, because art. Because it's because it's art. Yeah. Just it's that's not an acceptable answer. Why was it shot in black and white? Oh, because it's set in the 19th century. Oh yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. At least something, you know, that's rather than just being like, Oh, why'd you choose that aspect ratio? I wanted to be weird and different. It's like, no, no, he has a, a very good reason for every decision that he makes. Why, if someone were to watch this movie and dislike it, why do you think they, why do you think that could be the case? I think just because it's not their thing, you know, I can, I can definitely see people being like that they don't like it because it makes them uncomfortable or, you know, it's just not their thing. I people understand. are so visceral with that sort of thing, you know, like people hate things that they don't understand. Yeah. I find that kind of upsetting. I'm the opposite. I love things I don't understand. I don't understand every part of this movie, and that's why I love it. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, deep down, you kind of get what the deal is. Of course. You feel it. Again, that's what yeah. I was saying. This or is a film like, you feel. Um, like, you know, some people just don't like the feeling that it gives you. I can imagine my wife not liking this because it gives you a sense, a feeling of uneasiness and claustrophobia and that's like i don't like watching um you know gory movies just because i don't like that you know so it's like i don't watch that stuff because that's not my thing and i can see people being like yeah not my thing which is fine but i'm assuming you'll watch a movie and if there's gore you'll accept it if it's in there my favorite movie is no country for old men which has some fuck shit in it that's pretty graphic but i mean like just um you know shock or like saw movies and stuff yeah so films that the genre is like yeah i, I torture think I, porn. yeah i can definitely see people you know this not being their thing but as as far as objectivity probably calling goes, it boring or something maybe yeah maybe i don't but... know how this film could be boring though do you know what i mean like how could this film at all be boring i don't know if you're just like if you only if you're someone whose only point of watching a film is to switch the fuck off sw- yeah switch your brain off 
uh, and yeah, this will be really frustrating. Yeah. Um, I, I think I understand why people in the group voted for this for number one, because it's pretty fucking... It's fucking great. It's amazing. It's a masterpiece. Um, did you did you have anything, like, you know, if we're going to be nitpicky, uh, you know, try to be a bit... Was, was there anything in there that you were like, I don't like that bit? Or I'm, I'm trying to think. Do you have anything specifically you know of that might spark me? Yeah, one thing I noticed, which again, is not a big deal. Uh, but while I was watching it, there's this part where Robert Pattinson is looking at Willem Dafoe and he's sitting on the bed. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the reverse shot of him looking at him uh, stays the same even after Willem Dafoe gets up and walks over to a different position, like right next to him. Then when it cuts to the reverse shot again, he's still looking at the same spot. That's the definition of nitpicking though. Yeah. And that threw me off for a second and then I was fine with it, but I'm just, I don't want to just sit here and suck this film's dick. Yeah. This is a film to suck the dick of though. <laughs> that's a good you can put that on the fucking poster a film to suck the dick off yeah i'm, I'm trying really hard because again like i understand like trying to be critical i feel like we haven't done a film review or like us we haven't done a movie but where we haven't at least like mentioned something we didn't like i feel like yeah i have to point something um yeah i don't know um, everything else like even like the like that fucking cringe Twitter account, the one perfect shot could take every single frame of this movie and, and put it there because every single shot is beautiful. Yeah. Um, and like, I was just, not only was I never bored, but I was constantly enthralled. I was just sitting there with a big grin on my face being like, this movie's fucking sick. Oh, um, okay. So I, I have thought of one thing. So um, we're, we're going to go into like deep spoiler territory here, which I, I just feel like I have to see, say. Um, there's a point where he starts burying him alive and then he starts heading towards the lighthouse and then he turns around to get cigarettes and then Willem Dafoe comes and stabs him. That felt weird to me and felt a little bit... Um, like a bit convenient mm. like he's literally in the lighthouse he's about to go up and his thought at that point is he needs a smoke right um and you can kind of tell that the only reason is because they needed a sit a, a location that was wide enough for willem defoe to come in and go it's me light don't touch me light and then stab him i think that's my one criticism yeah. do you know where i'm coming from there no no, no i get it yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but again these things are like I, don't know. I feel like I don't want to do it, but it, it's like, I don't want to just sit yeah. here and be like, oh, it's fucking perfect. The, 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 that film, again, that I can see how maybe the third act could lose people mm. a little bit because it got like, when he starts acting a bit like a fucking, when he's like, turns him into a dog and he's walking him around, mm. it does really go into a different kind of territory there where like literal... Is com is almost gone completely by that point, but so are they. You you you're making some interesting points about how like this film isn't about isolation, but more about isolation with alcohol. Yeah, that I felt like rather than the the the, the cabin fever effect or the isolation, it, it, alcohol had a lot more to do with those two things combined. Mm. Um, yeah, and I just I hadn't heard that. I, like I'd heard. Um, 
plenty of things about how it's you know to do with isolation and i didn't see anyone mentioning alcoholism and um for me it, it had more to do with the alcohol well alcohol has a big part of their relationship like mm. robert pattinson and willem dafoe like actively despise each other when when um like they're very separate when one's not drinking and the they're both working you know it's like a completely different relationship yeah even towards the end when when they're sober mm. he's just kind of telling him what to do like fuck you go do your job mm. but when they're drinking there's a camaraderie which goes into other territories again like a fatherly even there even there's even a bit which is a bit romancy at times and it's yeah I felt a lot of romance yeah romance fatherly love friendship there's all these things but it's only in the in the company of alcohol and yeah, it's it's interesting, and and I can I can say I've had relationships where it's kind of like that. Like I I know people that have only expressed that how much that I care about them when I'm under the influence of alcohol, and I think it's kind of unfortunate. Yeah. And I've had relationships where I only care about the people when it's with alcohol. Yeah, you know, it's kind of just, but it's 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 interesting to that you're that you think no one's kind of brought that up in in terms of analyzing this film. Yeah, I may have heard it, but I think it's like. Um... Yeah, I was surprised at how big of a part it plays. I mean, it's a huge point in the film when they start drinking turpentine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it shows how dependent they are on it. And knowing what alcohol does to your brain, like when you're in the depths of alcoholism, like de depression is, is the thing and, and, and paranoia. Um, so it's like, it makes sense like when that is like mixed in and how it fucks with your memory too. Mm. So I felt like uh, like a huge part of it for me was about them being um, drunk all the time because it, it contributed a lot to the, you know, not so much memory loss, I guess memory loss, but also like losing track of time. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I am. Um, if if I remember correctly, Willem Dafoe specifically is extra mean to him up until the, when he starts drinking. Yeah, that's when he start he starts to kind of really show a bit more compassion. It's it's not even compassion. It's like it's just it's it's kind of like a bit of a you know like people like I I I've quit drinking a couple of times. I'm currently not drinking at the moment and. Mm. In the past, I've had it where people have kind of been a bit uncomfortable about the fact that I'm not drinking. And I don't know, I'm getting that kind of vibes from it as well. He kind of feels, I don't know if it's judged or something, but he's not comfortable with the fact that this person is not on his level. Yeah, yeah. The whole misery loves company. Yeah. And that's a heaps alcoholic thing to do. Like, mm. be like, why don't you drink with me? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, um, I, I could talk about this film forever. But I feel like we should uh, probably <laughs> wrap it up. Do you have any other, other last final thoughts for The Lighthouse? Nah, I think I've just, yeah, kind of gone around in circles and just complimenting as many things as I can. It's, um, yeah, it's almost perfect. I hesitate to say that, but it's just like, I, I was just thinking, when, after I finished watching it, I was just like thinking about a gymnast who like pulls off some flawless move and makes it look completely effortless. And mm. it's just like, oh shit, nailed it. Mm. Man, I, so um, we should uh, 
move on to the next film. Um, this one also stars Robert Pattinson in a in a role where he's isolated. Um, yeah, it's uh, called High Life. Um, what would you say the DVD jacket description of this film is? Uh, so Robert Pattinson plays a, uh, a, it's kind of a spoiler almost to say that he's a prisoner, but he's, uh, he's a prisoner. He's a subject in a experiment maybe. Yeah. So he's like a subject in this experiment and, um, in, in space where he's trying to, uh, he's, he's, and he's, uh, raising a kid in space. It's just him and his daughter. And, um, the, the plot is, it, it's kind of a spoiler to go into the plot because it kind of gradually unravels in yeah. that way. So the beginning of the film, it's, so I'm just going to, I'm just going to shoot out a spoiler warning here just to, yeah, just so you guys know if you're going to listen to this. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those films where what you're watching is a, like the plot gradually unravel. Cause the whole time you're just like, what is this? What's going on? So th these people were prisoners on earth and they get, and they, they had a uh, death sentence, right? Mm. Um, and so they gave them the option to stay there and get their death sentence or become uh, workers in space as part of this experiment. I think they're told that it's about growing food in space, but then it turns out they're trying to artificially inseminate people in space to see if they can have birth in space. Um, and then, uh, things go wrong and, and then everyone dies except Robert Pattinson and he's daughter who he then has to raise in space in space that's that's a pretty apt description now uh when i was doing my poll on the uh, a24 group um there was a point where uncut gems was winning the poll for worst and it's still at the end of the thing had pretty negative reviews however once i clarified with people that it was for the worst this film overtook it mm. um so it's it was still quite neck and neck between um, Uncut Gems and this. And I haven't seen Uncut Gems yet, but I feel like it would have been a bit unfair if it got voted worst. Yeah, I've seen it. And that movie's sick, so that would have been weird. Weird, yeah. But can you understand why maybe people didn't like Uncut Gems? Uh, maybe it made them feel uncomfortable. Okay. Um, so why why do you think this was voted? Well, yeah, what did you think of this film first? Um, it was kind of interesting at points, you know, it really feels like super undercooked. Yeah. The concept is interesting. Um, but it's just, like, I just kept imagining like a, a super doughy pizza, you know what I mean? With cold ingredients. Right. So it, it has the makings of being something pretty good, mm. but it wasn't there yet. Mm. Yeah, there were elements that I liked of it. I liked the I liked the ship design, um, and I, I I think the concept is kind of interesting. Yeah, I think that's it. 
Yeah, and the rest you didn't like. Mm, the rest I didn't. I either didn't like or I think it didn't work. Mm. And maybe it could have worked. Now, for the people that defend this one, because I, I saw a lot of people that like this film. I, I personally do like deliberately paced films. Like I like movies that are slow and have this kind of you know that can take a little while to do things. As long as I know why. Mm. and there's a reason for it or it's atmospheric like 2001 i think for some people is too slow right but i think it's perfectly paced yeah you know where this film was obnoxiously slow pointlessly slow wasn't revealing information correctly and i was just watching scenes and <coughs> sorry yeah and it was really kind of getting to me you know, I, I was watching, I think uh, we watched this together and I looked at Dean in the first five minutes and I was like, don't worry, nothing's going to happen. So just relax. Yeah. And I feel like I was kind of right. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like anything that did happen was the, the, the potential shock of it was ruined by the fact that it's told in a nonlinear fashion. Yeah, nothing. If, if it was told in a, see, the thing is, it was probably designed to be linear maybe but they found it too slow and boring maybe that's so they've edited it to be a bit more staccato i don't know yeah i mean i i don't know it'd be interesting to find out if um this was the way she intended it to be edited yeah like if this is the how the script was written because i felt like it didn't benefit the film at all to do that um uh, I mean, I, I, I really hated the performances. Uh, Robert Pattinson, who's great in The Lighthouse, it looks like he isn't sure what he's doing in this Yeah, one. he has no idea. He's just walking. He's literally just walking through scenes. Yeah. W with the most blank expression on his face. Yeah. Like for someone who, spoilers here, for someone who killed his best friend for murdering his dog, he doesn't seem to react to much no there are points where he seems like he's um a really emotionally intelligent guy and then there's parts where he acts like he's like a dumb hick or something mm. and i and, and and a lot of the characters are like that and you can excuse when they act irrational and stupid because they're prisoners who have had um a a life of, you know, in and out of juvie, uh, not interested in education or, or anything. And so they behave irrationally. And, you know, one guy in particular is very, almost like an animal. Um, so that makes sense. You can excuse that when that happens because their stupidity makes way for the plot to continue. But then other times they sit around and talk like, they're studying philosophy. Yeah. And uh, that just doesn't make sense. That's a moment when the I felt like the writer's being preachy. They, they all of a sudden become Richard Linklater characters. Yeah. You know? It's like, okay, what? I don't I, know. I like, feel inc very inconsistent. I think, it, I, think it, I think it has a bad mix of being... This is the first film directed by a, uh, a, uh, an international director. She's French, isn't she? Yeah. Um, and on top of that, they wrote it as well. And it's written by another French person, I'm pretty sure. So what you've got is you've got someone who's 
um, used to directing in another language, mm. who's now directing like in English, mm. um, where where say the translation and like thought and stuff into the words would may make sense in French, and the director could probably pontificate. Pontificate's not the right word. Articulate mm. what they want. Yeah, that's you've got a bad mix of both. You've got kind of really pretentious really verbose dialogue mm. and then on top of that you've got probably someone who's unable to articulate uh how to make it make sense and how to be a little less wank pheasant because it was it was just really really pretentious yeah you know um having what was it the the, the good point it's just like like I, I think i think that someone would say something and then someone would just talk about something else like i think someone was talking about rape and then all of a sudden, the other character, Andre Three Thousand's character, just started talking about like his family, and you're just like, "Wait, what are we talking about now? Like, how does that? Yeah, how did? Why are you now talking about this? Why are you not acknowledging this? And yeah. it's because they're not people; they're characters. They're 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 re- they're ciphers, you know? Yeah, they're just kind of voice boxes to speak. You know, very airy philosophical dialogue that doesn't really have any meaning. Mm. It's it was so vague, and I didn't understand what was going on. Maybe it's too smart for me. I don't know. But um, yeah, another thing that I really didn't like was the shot selection because I, like I said, I like the design of the spaceship. Uh, the interior looks really cool. The spacesuits look cool, and this could have this I think would have benefited from um, like <clears throat> um, maybe like proper storyboarding. It just felt all the coverage just felt like conventional coverage. There wasn't a single shot that felt like it meant anything. It was just filming a moment from just any old dog shit angle. I'd, I'd argue that it, it, it commits worse a worse sin than being conventional. I think some of the coverage was flat out bad. <laughs> like, whereas in The Lighthouse, you you laterally, you, you, you understand geography. And I think in, one of the big things in filmmaking is establishing geography and establishing where everyone is at any given moment mm. and understanding that. Like, you, the one, the one thing you pointed out for the lighthouse he didn't like had to do with geography and and continuity with where someone is. When something like that's wrong, you very easily notice it, right? Mm-hmm. And this film constantly, I had no idea where people were. People were in, I didn't know if people were in the same room as each other, if they were in the next room. There was a point where one of the characters is watching something, he's masturbating, and I'm like, is he watching that? And you guys are like, yep. Yeah. And I'm like, are you sure that they're not just happening separately? It just, none of it, None of it fit together, and like I was confused. I think there was a point where the same point where the guy was masturbating, and then it's like revealed that he's in a room with like five other people. And I think you just like started laughing yeah. because you didn't know, did you? You had no idea that he was in a room with these people. No, and you know that could have been deliberate. And no, I don't. No, it wasn't. I think like you know it would be a weak argument. Maybe you could make the argument that. Uh, it's meant to be like that no. and, and give you a feeling of confusion, don't know where you are. That's the lighthouse. Yeah, but then the characters don't ever say that they, they're lost or confused. They no. seem to know what's going on, and I just don't. 
I don't know where they are. It's 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 just the way that the story was presented. Like I, I was also been bamboozled when it had a cold open. Like it's him with a baby, and then he starts like shoving people out the door, and then the title of the film comes up, and I'm like, usually a cold open for a film, like something interesting happens, and then you're like, oh fuck, we're watching a high life. Oh my god. Yeah. Could you imagine if they like fit all of the I was watching it and I'm like, I, I much prefer the story of him with the girl and him with the baby than I did the fucking prelim story. I thought that's what it was going to be about. Like when, you know, we open with just him and the baby. For, we're with them for quite a while before we flash back to before everyone else had died. And so I thought what we were going to see was him, mostly, mostly him and the baby. And then we keep going back to you know pick up little bits but the majority of the film is is before. is those people bef- yeah and before and follows a number of characters who aren't Robert Pattinson and we never really get a sense of who he is no and it's he's i forgot that he was in it there was i, th- I think there was a solid 15 20 minutes maybe more where it was just the other characters and these interactions. And I think there was like this big event that happened and where I think we're all like, where's Robert Pattinson? Where's the lead character in this? How does this scene affect him? How does that affect our protagonist? And it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't affect him at all. Um, There's no consequences. There's no real payoff for anything apart from it's just, it's just telling you how they ended up together. And not in an interesting way. Not it doesn't create any controversy. Like if it if it revealed that their relationship was different or something was insidious. Like if he had killed everyone, right? Now, which is a cliche, I know. But at least that would have set up something about their relationship. Or if he raped the girl. I don't I don't encourage that, but I'm just saying like if there's a different dynamic that 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 says that from now on this story in the future or in the present has a different, we understand it differently Then I would have at least given it some credit, but it's just showing something that we don't need to know. Yeah. For most of the film. Yeah. And I, it's 40% of the movie is, um, watching people walk around or stand silently while we get just droning synth noise yeah uh and it means nothing it it's not i i didn't feel any sense of tension building because it's like oh what's he thinking is he going to kill these people no but because we don't know who they are yeah the one we get to know the most is i'd argue the doctor the chick yeah and i still didn't really get know what who her she was. thing was except that she's like uh you know Gaga for anything to do with sex, and that's yeah, she likes. She wants Robert Pattinson semen. She's she's obsessed with sex, kind of like a a child. That's about it. Yeah, and and again, like you, some of the some of the shots you could say are composed pretty, right? They are they are pretty shots, but they're not telling us any more information, are they? A shot should be setting up information, not just like, oh, that looks nice. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember any nice looking shots. So a lot of people, a lot of people were. Um, I remember a lot of ugly ones. Mm, a yeah. lot of people were uh, a bit annoyed in the comments section of the poll f- 
that this is was getting bad reviews saying that this is one of the best films of 2019. Right. Um, why do you think those people like this film? I don't know. Maybe because um, uh, it's you know it is an interesting concept, and uh, I think if you mainly watch uh, Hollywood films, I mean, who are so averse to sexuality that it's kind of funny and pathetic. But I argue that this one goes the opposite way in that it's so obsessed with sex that it's pathetic. Yeah. And maybe they think it's like edgy and, you know... Arty? Original, yeah, I guess, you know. I don't know. I, I got more of that vibe from The Lighthouse than I got this from this film. I, can't, I, I, I honestly don't know unless... Yeah, well, I haven't seen, you know, all their films, but isn't like most A24 films like that? You could call them that. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. I think some are more successful at it than others. It was a it was a cool new like I really wanted this. I really wanted to like this movie because um, I like sci-fi, and this is a different type of sci-fi movie. Yeah. Uh, so you know, there's you know, there's plenty to to like and to um, enjoy the the concept itself. But for me, the execution was was lacking, you know. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to think of something that I really enjoyed about this film. Um, you didn't like the spaceship design? <laughs> That's my only thing. I thought it was like, okay. Yeah. I thought it was okay. You know, I've seen, I've seen worse and I've seen better. Mm. Um, I thought the effects were really cool for such a low budget film. It didn't anger me. Okay. So I, I was happily, even though I wasn't satisfied with what I was getting presented, it wasn't so bad that I wanted to stop watching or I wanted to, or I'm not like shouting about it. Mm. If anything, I'm disappointed with the film. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? I'm not upset and I'm not like, it's shit. It, it's not great. Yeah. Cause it's Let's like, oh, that. this could have been really enjoyable. Yeah. And you know, I'm like, I watched it and I'm glad that I've seen it. It's like a waste. It's, 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 yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm more disappointed that the film wasn't more and wasn't, didn't live up to some of the interesting concepts and ingredients they had. They have a prolific director. They have an up and coming star. Mm. They have an interesting premise. Mm. Um, they are pushing the envelope when it comes to content, which is always good instead of censoring it. Like you said, with most Hollywood films, just not a not enjoying sexuality or hiding that it exists. Hmm. Um, yeah, the, I think it was, I'm happy that it got made. Yeah. I just wish they had done a better job. I think what, like what clearly separates these films for me and why one works and one doesn't is the lighthouse is an, an example of, um, a clear executed vision. The director knew exactly what they wanted and how to do it. And this one, the vision wasn't quite clear. It was a bit muddy and didn't know exactly what they wanted or how to pull it off. So it comes out half-baked. Mm. It just, um, they probably couldn't translate. They, had, they, they have an idea in their head, clearly. And 
And I'm a sure good one, one, I'd argue. Yeah, a good a one. A worthwhile idea, but just like... They didn't, they couldn't pitch it to everyone well enough to kind of make sure that everyone was making the same movie. Um, that's probably what happened. Yeah, because it felt like the, uh, like half the actors were like... Uh, Andre 3000. So, so what am I doing? Robert Pattinson specifically, I... I Watching him in so many of these shots, I felt like his direction was probably, okay, so just stand there and look over here. Uh, we're just gonna shoot you for five minutes and we're gonna put some droney synth in the background of this shot while you stand under a pink light. Uh, because he just has this vacant expression on his face half the time. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's. I think they had the best intentions with this, definitely. Um, I can't get mad. Like I can't like Yahoo serious. I can get annoyed. Um, where you, I know you, you, you have the same point of view on Yahoo serious as this, that I had probably the best intentions and it just didn't work out in the end. Yeah. This, it's not trash by any means. It's not, it's not cynical, mm. you know, um, just a bit of a dud. Yeah. It just didn't work. I just don't think it worked. Um, yeah. So if anyone's watching this and can explain to us really what it's about, uh, we'd love to read your email at moviebuttspod at gmail.com. I would really like someone to explain this movie to me. If I can somehow get enlightenment mm. as to what it's actually about. Yeah, please and call to us fill in the fucking blanks. idiots. Yeah, fill in the blanks for us. Uh, that would be handy. Just because, you know, I, I would love to be wrong. I would love for someone to articulate this to me and to me, me to go, oh my God. How did I miss that? <laughs> okay. You know? Um, so, I don't really have anything else to say on this film, do you? Nah. Um, so, what are, we, uh, what are we watching next week, Dan? Next week, we are watching some bloody good old P.T. Anderson. Holy shit. So, are we going to do the math on the best and worst of P.T. Anderson? Mm -hmm. That sounds like a nice little treat because I think we're going to enjoy both. Yeah. You know? I'm, um, I'm liking... Let's keep the momentum going and keep watching good films because I'm, I'm, it's making me happy to watch good movies rather than shitty ones. Then don't, don't, don't suggest Yahoo fucking serious. <laughs> I was so close to recommending fucking baby geniuses one and two for this one as revenge for Yahoo serious. Yeah. Would you what you know to what you know baby geniuses? I own them on DVD. You own both of them on DVD. Holy yeah. shit! So that wouldn't have been a punishment for you. You like those films? I have a I have a quite a collection of awful movies. Right. Okay. So so yeah, bring it on. I pff, I can handle this shit better than you. Medea Part Two. Punish myself constantly with this. Nah. Well. That sounds fun. I'm excited because I have a feeling I know what the worst one is going to be. It's probably going to be Inherent Vice. And I, I saw that once at the cinema and it's I'm itching to see it again. So that's exciting. I'm also excited to find out what comes out on top. Because um, it could be a number of films. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a few uh, bloody good ones. You know, I, one of my favorite films is Magnolia, but I don't think it's going to win. Yeah. I think it's solid. I think I think well, it's probably going to be There Will Be Blood or Boogie Nights. I'll be happy to watch There Will Be Blood for the 15,000th time. Yeah, that's that's one of your go-to films. Anyway, um, thanks everyone for uh, giving us a listen. Um, yeah, stay safe and um, sorry if we were inappropriate at any time. Ciao. <laughs>
Thank you.